Hey there, welcome into another episode of The Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I'm so excited to have you guys listen in on an episode that we did back in December of 2020, all about cash flow strategies with Christy Varner, one of my good friends in the industry. She is an expert and actually talks in real life human terms when it comes to finances and how to really create some cash flow in your strategies for your business. So Listen in on this episode. It's really, really awesome. And I know that you're going to learn so much from it. Make sure you pull out that pen and paper and take some notes. And here is Christy. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. to all things numbers and cash flow strategies. So I actually met Christy about a year or so ago before a conference and we both attended it. It's in Charleston. It's called Rise Business by Rachel Hollis. We both were in Dallas, Texas and connected before going. And I just have to say we connected instantly. Um, We also just finished doing the Digital Course Academy with Amy Porterfield and are in the same accountability pod with a few other gals. And you heard them back two weeks ago on episode 36. So you actually heard Christy a little bit. So you'll get to hear a little bit more about her. Christy is an accidental accountant from small to medium-sized businesses and is creating a course actually for small business owners all about your finances. So Christy, will you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Tell your story. We want to hear all the things. Well, thank you so much for having me, Cam. I'm so excited to be here and just, you know, coffee chat even virtually with you from afar and also (laughs) have a little chat with your listeners. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I help small business owners and entrepreneurs understand financial concepts and the number side of their business so that they can take control of their finances and feel confident in that side of owning their business. So let me just tell you a little bit about me. You did say that I'm an accidental accountant, and that is so true. I had no interest in accounting or numbers or any of that jazz. So if you are sort of nodding your head along like, oh, yeah, just know I can understand and relate to you. I am also a small business owner, so I relate to you in that. So Um, Just the kind of quick story of that is I was an international business major after having lived in France for a year, my junior year of high school, and I just cared about travel and global and all those things. And I loved being an international business major at UT Hook'em Horns. And (laughs) I, um, I was there in my junior year, the advisor said, hey, this is a new business major. So we kind of advise you to get a double major. And I was shocked, had no idea what they were talking about, was completely taken by surprise. And that probably showed. And so she just looked down at my transcript and said, well, you made A's in the first two accounting classes. How about that as your double major? And I just dumbly nodded my head, okay. 
so there you have it. I was a double major in accounting now, which I still cared nothing about. But fast forward right before my senior year of college, I got engaged and then was going to interview for my international business dream job. And they said, okay, the best jobs available right now are in the CIA. The only catch is you won't be able to tell your family where you are most likely. And that seemed like wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it seemed like kind of a bad idea for starting a marriage to not have your husband yeah, know what you are. <laughs> so I turned to my accounting friends who, um, you know, I'd made friends with them through uh, just being in these classes together and studying all the time. And I was like, hey, guys, are there actual jobs in accounting? And um, they said yes. And it turns out that there were jobs in audit and tax. I hadn't taken either class, so I was clueless, but it was time to interview. So I simply said to my friends, which one is more social? And <laughs> I'm not surprised that you asked that question because in the short time that I know you, Christy, you are a very social butterfly. Yes, I mean, so. who wouldn't, you know, I was like, well, accounting's kind of boring, so I better at least meet some cool <laughs> people. And so they said it was an audit. And so there you have it. That is how I became an accidental accountant. Um, so I took a job. And from there, I, you know, I kind of went on to a regular, a more regular path. So I um, started working at KPMG. I was there five years, made manager left and worked for an ad agency, which I love working with creatives. So that was awesome. I was a controller there and of course became a CPA. Um, I then stopped working in the corporate world and stayed home to raise my children, but I still needed money and I still had a desire to talk to adults because loved my kids, but needed some adult interaction. So joined play groups with the stay-at-home moms, but then also started my own consulting business. And I have been working for over the last 20 years um, on my own as a consultant, helping businesses with financial projects. I've worked across all different industries, all different projects. And I will tell you that the thing that I use to sell myself to people is saying, like, I probably don't know the answer offhand, but I am resourceful and I will figure this out and I'll let you know when I have a problem and ask you for help. And so I am here to tell you that is the same thing to you and your listeners. Like, you can figure this out. If I can figure things out, you can figure things out. And I know finance and accounting. But I don't know marketing and SEO. And when I made a decision in 2020 to leave my bigger business clients behind and said, I just have a heart. And I actually came to this realization, Cam, at Rise Business, where we were together, that I listened to Rachel Mm -hmm. Hollis talk about how she was like some, you know, she's all that and a bag of chips, right? Like that girl makes money. (laughs) And she talked about how she did not understand her own financials and how it would make her cry. And that it just broke my heart. And I was like, every entrepreneur and business owner, regardless of your size, you deserve and need financial expertise. So I decided I pivoted then and 2020 became the year that I told my bigger clients, like, I love you, but you've already got CFOs and CPAs with 25 years of experience. And so I'm going to help the smaller guys, the entrepreneurs and small business entrepreneurs. And so 
Um, it's new for me to have to market. I've worked solely word of mouth. And so this is new. So when I say I don't know SEO and I don't know, like, I was so thankful to learn Facebook ads from you, Cam, because you are like rock star <laughs> at that. And so I just want to encourage your listeners, like if you're listening and you're like, I don't understand financials and accounting, I am all about everyday words and analogies and simple strategies to get you real results. And I care and I'm cheering you on. Well, and while Facebook ads are so important and really advertising in general, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, having that word of mouth experience that you've had for your entire career is even more important because it's still alive and well today. You can do that through networking events. You can do that through coffee dates, whatever it looks like to you. But the fact that you grew your business from very start to now just solely on word of mouth is incredible. And don't lose sight of that for sure. Absolutely. It's been, it's been a tremendous blessing in my life and I've met some awesome people along the way. So definitely a cheerleader of word of mouth. Awesome. Well, we are going to get into all things cash strategies today. And I know at the very end of this episode, you're going to tell our listeners about a freebie that you have. So anyone listening, please stay till the end, grab your notebook out and let's get into all things cash flow. Awesome. Well, I am excited to share with you guys. I'm going to share five simple ideas today that you can take advantage of to help you with cash management. Gaining control of your cash is a critical component to the success of your business. Cam, you may be surprised to hear this as I was, but when I was looking into business stats recently, I came across a statistic that said 82% of businesses fail because of cash flow issues. That's crazy. Isn't that 82%. I know, I know, 82%. But it makes sense as a small business owner, you and every other small business owner that's listening to this is like, yeah, cash is a big thing. So let me just tell you and encourage you that by mastering this, you are already going to be steps ahead with your business. So let me clarify a couple of things. So first of all, when I use the word cash, when we use that in the financial world, we're talking about money in all the forms you may receive it. So I'm talking credit cards, PayPal, Shopify, checks, and evil, even actual dollar bills. So it's not just cash like the dollar bills. It's all the ways that you receive money. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is when I use the words cash flow, it's just what it sounds like. It's the money that goes into and out of your business. So positive cash flow means that you have more money coming in than going out, which is obviously our goal for each of you as business owners. But also the timing of when you have cash matters too. So our strategies will focus not only on increasing your positive cash flow, but also on having a strategy to have cash at the time that you need it in your business. So cash flow is super important. And I know that you just mentioned that most businesses fail because of a lack of cash and the cash flow. Um, One of the things that I actually teach my students all the time is this analogy around cash flow. So think of an ocean. Remember when we could all take vacations like normal people before a pandemic hit. Um, And when it comes to vacations, I'm a beach girl. I'm not a mountain girl. So when I go on vacation, I like to go to the beach somewhere away. We do not have beaches anywhere near in Dallas, Texas. So I like to get out and go somewhere. But if you think of a beach and you're sitting on the shore, you're lounging in your lounge chair or lounging on a towel or making sandcastles with the kids, you have those waves that roll in 
and they roll out and they roll in and they roll out. That is like our cash flow. And so when the cash rolls in, it also is going to be rolling out. And in different seasons, we're going to have a lower tide and a higher tide. And our businesses can have higher tides and lower tides as well, just like the ocean. And if you think about it, if you have an ocean that consistently has a lower tide, it never comes in, the entire world would be off kilter. And so the same thing with our businesses. If you only have cash flowing out and the tide never comes in, your business is going to be there too. It's going to be completely gone because you won't have cash coming in. And so it's important that to have cash coming in, we are naturally going to have some cash going out, whether it's just paying for credit card fees or it's paying for your softwares and systems or rent in the location that you're in, that you're going to have some flow in and out. And that is natural, just like it's natural at an ocean. But it's important to know that we can't just have cash going out, just like a tide can't always going out. So I always like to do that analogy. It's one of my favorites because it's so relatable. And we understand what a high tide and a low tide is. So I hope that helps some of those who are listening. And Christy, you're welcome to use that analogy anytime you would like. I love that girl. And you know what? I am all about everyday language and analogies. So I think I will steal that analogy from you because I think I'm a beach girl also. And so <laughs> I, I always would love to talk about the beach. I use that all the time um, when I'm talking with clients. So Yes, I'm excited to get back to the beach at some point soon. Yes, amen, (laughs) sister, amen. Well, let's just dive right into um, what I've got for you. So the first tip, we're going to go over five different ideas. The first tip is to increase the cash coming into your business. So there are so many different ways that you can do that. But let me just talk to you about a few of those. So one is to increase the average sales to existing customers. We all know that the easiest place to get money is from your existing customers, right? Because we work hard for our sales. So your existing customers may be primed to buy more from you. So in my thought process, I'm thinking of perhaps if you're a photographer and you um, have created presets that you use in your own business, perhaps when someone is checking out from buying your class, you might offer them an upsell of your presets. Or if you're a jewelry designer and I'm purchasing a necklace from you, why not upsell the jewelry cleaner that you um, use yourself and love? So these are all just different ways to increase the transaction value to your existing customers. Another thing to take into account is the 80-20 rule. And you may have heard this before. I think it's called Pareto's rule. I forget. But anyway, this applies to your business, but it applies to your life, like so many different things. And it all came out actually from a guy researching pea pods, if you can imagine that. Like, yeah. Really? Pea pods. (laughs) Yes. In Italy. So funny. But it actually applies to everything. And in this example, what I'm going to tell you is that 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. That's typical. Um, So it may not be true for you, but it, it does apply against a lot of different businesses. So especially if you're like in a high-end business, and Rachel Hollis actually talked about this before she um, became what she is now. She was a wedding planner, and she understood this concept. So she went back through a year of her um, revenue and looked and determined who her highest um, wedding planning uh 
sales were from. And then she went back and kind of loved on those people and asked them for referrals. So that's another thing. And I've told you guys already that I've been in business for, you know, 25 years based on word of mouth referrals. And it has worked, you know, golden for me and it will work for you too. So if you have people that consistently buy from you or, you know, are your high dollar people, not only just thank them and show them love, but ask them, you know, who they know that you should know or, you know, be straight up with them and tell them that you are trying to grow your business and you would love, you know, for them to share about you with their friends. A lot of people, I know Cam has posted this. If you follow Cam on um, any of her social media accounts, she will post free ways that people can show love to small business owners. And, you know, that's a great thing for people to do. They can like, they can comment, whatever. But getting, getting buy-in from your customers will increase your cash flow. So let's talk about a tip um, as far as um, the actual cash coming in the door. You worked super hard for your sale. But if you don't actually get paid, that sale is meaningless, okay? <laughs> so let me just say, you need to take an honest look at your contracts and at your payments and, and see, do you have failed payments? And do you have a plan to take care of this? Or are you just like, oh, no. There are all sorts of reasons for failed payments. And it's not necessarily that people are trying to avoid you. So I encourage you to, to deal with this, right? This is an easy way. You worked so hard to get the sale. So now go after the actual money. And for you smaller entrepreneurs, pick up the phone and call those customers yourself. Um, you can just say like, oh, I see that your credit card may have changed, right? But there are also services that can help you get payments in. Yeah, Gravy is actually one of my favorite solutions for this. I have a course, Rental Biz Academy, and we have 150 students. And naturally, there's going to be people who put their credit card in and it might expire or they may have lost it or something happens and then there's a failed payment. So Gravy is a great solution. Casey Graham is one of my good friends, actually, and he owns Gravy. And he talks about the reason that they started this was because there's so many failed payments in all lines of business. It's not just um, small businesses, it's anyone. And Absolutely. the hassle of going to go back and call them if there's plenty, if there's more than just a handful is hard. And so they pick up the phone and they call your customer, they get that payment back on schedule. Um, I've used them actually for my own course and it's been incredible to work with them. But if you're a smaller business, just like Christy said, just pick up the phone and call there's probably not a big reason that there's a failed payment. It's probably just something smaller. They maybe didn't put it on auto pay or something may have just um, been missed and that's okay. So if you are doing lots of business, you're having lots of failed payments, gravy might be a great option. I'm going to put it in the show notes for you guys to go check out if you'd like. Um, but great solution. Love that. I've heard great things about gravy too. So I'm glad to hear your firsthand experience with that camp. Hey, so let's move on a little bit. Let me talk to you about um, how the timing of receiving your money, because we talked about, you know, getting more money in the door, but let's also talk about the timing of getting money in the door. So when you have cash in your account matters, and we know that because cash has to flow out of your account at certain times. So having control over when you receive cash is a thing. So in your industry, for example, it may be standard 
to for I think in um, you know the event business or the wedding business. I think Cam, you've told me that you take fifty percent at deposit and then maybe fifty percent after the event is over. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, okay. or somewhere so, around that. But yeah, 50, exactly. 50. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so there's this kind of standard, and so you can see that that's awesome news in month one month one, but say the wedding is a year away, you're not going to receive any more money until after the thing is over. And you obviously will have to put out some money in the interim. Plus you just have to run your business. So what I encourage you to do is think outside the box about, are there ways that I could change how my billing works? Could I change from 50, 50 to perhaps three payments? Could you divide it in thirds which it doesn't change the total dollar amount that you're receiving in, but it does change when you have cash in your bank account. And you'll see when we get to tip number three, that that really will matter. So Kim, I know you've changed um, the way you've charged and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. So Casey and I were talking about this and he was like, I'm so frustrated that so many people in the wedding industry and events industry really do 50-50 because it's kind of that old concept of what we've always done, we're going to keep doing, but times Mm -hmm. are changing, payments are changing. You see all these subscription-based softwares like Netflix or Hulu or any of the things that we all normally have, and they're not paying uh, all in full, and they're not paying um, for a one-time fee or a 50-50 deposit or anything like that, they're doing subscription. They're doing something that they are subscribing to pay multiple different payments, not just one or two payments. And so he said, I would love for the wedding and events industry to change that. And I said, Casey, it's going to be hard to change that because there's a lot of people doing that. But um, I have not done that. Casey, if you're listening, I will consider it, <laughs> but I have not done that yet. Um but think about your cash flow, just like you were just saying. How can you upsell those things? Um, that's another great way to add on and increase your cash flow even later on. You might have someone book their contract with you at a specific rate. And then what if you added on from there? So as a rental company, I might have someone who rents a table, some chairs, a sofa, a couple lounge chairs. Well, later on, I could say, hey, why don't you add some pillows? Why don't you add a coffee table? Why don't you add a plant or some rugs or something else? And that's going to increase that second payment versus just being stuck in that one payment. So think of your business right now. There's some way I'm sure that you can increase that sale by 10 to 30% by just adding a couple additives to your order. So let's take it a step further. Can you market those in a strategic way? on your website or in your store or showroom so that you have those customers looking at those things for those upsells. Because let's be honest, they are looking at you to be the expert and they won't know unless you tell them. They won't know unless you say, hey, um, these pillows would look really great on your lounge furniture. Or hey, this um, album will be awesome for you to put on your coffee table after your wedding. Whatever it is for your business, There is some way that you can increase your order, your average order by 10 to 30% by just adding those additives in. Uh, The second way I uh, diversified my revenue streams was about a year ago, I only had two streams of revenue. And a year before that, I only had one stream of revenue. Today, I have seven streams of revenue because, you know, 
pandemic, we had to pivot. <laughs> but <laughs> what I did in order to think about that was I thought outside the box of what revenue was looking like and what I was already doing. And I tried to expand on that. So for example, when I was at one revenue stream, it was coming solely from rental pieces sold and the services associated with those. And so I thought, okay, if we have rental pieces, the additive that makes our rental pieces look awesome is floral. And so about a year or two ago, I added on floral services. And so that was a natural progression of our service. Now today we have a online course, we've got a mastermind, we've got this podcast, we've got other different ways, but those are in line with my first business because I'm teaching people how to do the business that I did and hopefully saving some steps and some mistakes along the way for other people that I made. But look at what you are already doing. If you're a photographer and you only do weddings, could you add on bridal portrait sessions or engagement sessions if you're not already doing that? That is now giving you a second stream of revenue versus just the wedding revenue. So just a thought to add on to your diversified uh, systems. Love that, Cam. You just dropped so many golden nuggets. And I just, I love that. So for your (laughs) listeners who are just newer and not quite as far along, let me just say, I work with business owners in strategy. And what you're hearing from Cam is like true strategy. Like she really gets strategy. And that's what I love. I love um, working alongside people like that. So I just want you to know that if you're newer and you've never thought of these ideas, then eat them up because these are ideas that Cam is sharing that, you know, you can implement in your own business. And, you know, that is just, that is really golden. So let's move on to tip number two. So tip number two is decrease your cash outflow by eliminating some bills. So for this strategy, all you need is access to your bank and credit card statements or however you keep up with how your money is spent. So take those out. You can look at them online or you can print these out either way. But we're going to go back through these um, charges for the last year. Yes, you can do it for less time, but it really will not take that long. If you're going to pull these out for three months, you may as well pull them out for a year and we will get way better information if you pull out a whole year. And what better time to do it than right now because it's December and if you're listening to this on the day or right around the day that it comes out, you can do it from January of 2020 all the way through the end of the year so that when you start January 2021, you're all set and ready to go. Absolutely. I love that, Cam. And I'm, I teach my clients, um, I call it the one concept and it's, you know, one year, one quarter, one month. And so I am all about planning and being proactive. And I want that for you guys. And this is going to help you with taking control of your finances. So when you're going back through these statements, I want you to look for these certain charges that I'm going to tell you about. So you are either going to write these down or highlight them, or in some way, mark the charges that I'm going to tell you to look for. We're going to look for two different kinds of charges, first off. So first, when you're going through the list, I want you to look for things that you have paid for that are extras for your business, things that are nice, but are not necessary for your business. The second thing I want you to look for is charges that have served you well in the past, but you don't really need them anymore. So Kim, I'm sure you can think of things in either of these categories, luxuries or, you know, things that you, you utilized last year, but you don't need so much going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, one example is a phone service. So about a year ago, prior to the pandemic hitting, we had a phone service that was called Grasshopper. Um, You may have also heard of Google Voice or something like that, that you have an app on your phone and you use that as your phone number for your business instead of your personal cell phone number. Well, when the pandemic hit, we made a list of all the expenses that we are paying for every single month and looked at at things that were necessary and things that were luxury. A phone service was a luxury. At the time, we really weren't getting any phone calls, so it didn't really matter. But that was a luxury. That was something that we didn't have to have. We can certainly do business with our cell phones. We can certainly do businesses um, and talk to people through email. There is other ways to talk to our clients outside of a specific phone number because of luxury of not having people call your cell phone number. There are certainly times where it's necessary to have a different phone number, especially as your company grows, but it is a luxury. And when you don't have any income coming in, that's something that you can live without. I love that. That's a great example. And I love that. So that's what I'm going to encourage you to do is. I want you to take that list. And the reason I had you look at the year is because you are going to find when you look back through the year that you have some things that you paid for a subscription for the whole year. And if you do not cancel that, then it will probably auto renew. (laughs) And it may be something that you're like, oh, wow, I forgot I even subscribed to that because I don't use that. And I certainly have had um, things in my business that have served me well in the past that I don't need going forward. Or luxuries like Cam just shared, something that you just, you know, yeah, it's an extra. But, you know, when we are talking cash flow strategies, then you're going to kind of start with your basics. And I'm not telling you to cancel every single thing, but I am telling you to evaluate where all your money is going. And I do want you to sit down and start canceling the ones that you do not need. And you may be thinking, but Christy, it's only $50 a month or it's only $100 a year and it's not going to make a difference. I tell you, it will. I mean, you don't want to open your window and throw cash out the door. And if you're not utilizing these things in a way that serves your business the best, then that's exactly what we're doing. So I encourage you to go ahead and cancel those charges. Now, what I want you to do after you have looked through that list and made your list of the ones that you're going to get rid of, I want you to go back through that list again, because now that you've had eyes to see like, wow, I'm spending money in places I didn't realize, you may come up with a few more um, expenses or bills that you can eliminate. And I think you'll be surprised when you look back through your charges for the year, you may be surprised to see where you're spending money that you could have saved. So in the financial world, we call this doing an expense audit. And I'm so proud that Cam already does that, that she just shared that she did that um, with the pandemic. But let me just tell you, you are rockstar business owners and By taking this step, you are just, you're already steps ahead toward your cash flow strategy. So you can do this and it's literally like it's grab those statements, sit down, give yourself an hour and do it. Yeah, totally. And I would actually expand on that and say, don't just do it when you have to do it. Like when a pandemic hits, but have it just scheduled in your calendar for either once a year or even every six months just to go through those expenses and cut out whatever is not needed, um, not just waiting for a reason to cut those expenses. So grab your calendar right now, hit Monday for next week, go through those expenses, and then schedule six months later to do it again. 
And then six months later, did it again. And same thing over and over. Love that. Yeah. Recurring calendar invite to yourself Mm -hmm. to take charge of your finances. Love that. Hey there. Are you a loyal listener of the Render Podcast? Do you love hearing from us each week? Well, we are bringing you opportunities to dive in deeper and get more out of this podcast. Starting at only $5 per month, you can unlock goodies like early access to podcast episodes and private Ask Me Anything sessions. Well, to learn more about how you can support this podcast and get some benefits while you're at it, head to patreon.com backslash render educate. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash R-E-N-D-E-R E-D-U-C-A-T-E, patreon.com backslash render educate. All right, back to the episode. Okay, let's move on, you guys, now to tip number three, and we are getting serious now. So thanks to your taking action on tips one and two to increase um, your cash coming in and decrease or eliminate some bills, now you have some ideas but we need to make sure that you have cash at the right time. So businesses can be profitable, but if you don't have money in the bank when payroll comes up or when your major supplier has to be paid, you will be out of business. And sadly, I see this a lot. So as Amy Porterfield would say, if you've been multitasking, come back to me now and really (laughs) hear this tip. Cam and I have been in a, Amy's course for the last 12 weeks. And so we've heard her say that a lot. So come back and listen (laughs) to me now because this is serious and this is golden. This tip I'm going to drop, it is not that hard, but you can um, do it and make huge strides in your business um, cash flow strategy by implementing this. So for this tip, you'll need your bank and credit card statements that we just used. And if you have a profit and loss statement, or it's also called an income statement, for your business, then grab that. That will be helpful to you. For you, um, you know, newer business owners just starting out, don't worry about that. Just having your bank and credit card statement anywhere where you spend money that gives you information, that's what you need. And you are also going to need a paper, pen or pencil and a calculator. Or if you are more comfortable using um, a spreadsheet like Excel or Google um, Sheets, grab that. So either way, we are going to do this. I work with my clients to create goals that map um, cash flow projections out for weeks and months at a time. But for now, for simplicity's sake, I'm just going to explain this over a month. And after you master this, you can do it for longer and you'll want to do it for longer. I do this on a recurring basis with my clients. We, um, Like I said, we'll do a year, uh, a quarter and a month for planning. But for cash flow projections, we usually do a quarter at a time, which in the financial world we call 13 weeks. So it's simple and it will make a big difference. So for my example, I'm gonna use February. And um, so if you have your piece of paper or your um, spreadsheet, we're gonna make four columns across the top from left to right. Let's label them week one, two, three, and four. So if you're on a spreadsheet, start at column B because I'm gonna use column A for something else. But so you've got columns one, two, three, and four. So, and for now, you're going to leave that blank. Now we're going to be going down the rows, down the left-hand side of your paper or column A if you're on a spreadsheet. So the first rows are what I call the happy numbers. It's the money coming in. So for now, just think of the different types of sales that you would have. So let's pretend that I'm a florist, for example. 
So I'd assume that you have money coming in from flower sales, such as event-related floral, subscription-based floral, and you may even have money that you come in from teaching classes like Canvas. So think of all the different categories of money that come into your business and list each one of those as a different, um, you know, on your list, just down the left-hand side of your paper, okay? And now skip some rows because you may think of other um, ways that money comes in later. So you want to give yourself a little bit of room. So skip a few lines down. And now let's talk about cash payments. That's the bills we need to pay in your business. So I usually start with the ones that are obvious for running your business just to get your brain jump started on this. So think of the things that go, we just talked about the money coming in the door. So what are the bills you have to pay for the money going out the door? So in our example of the forest, you'd have flower costs and delivery charges, transport boxes, other supplies, credit card fees, all the things that go into those sales. Now there are also um, charges that you have to pay, bills you have to pay just to keep yourself in business, like payroll, rents, internet, cell phones, supplies, and even annual fees that you may forget about, like insurance or domain names. So that's kind of why you want to have those statements to jog your memory on those one-time bills, but you still need them. You still have to have a domain name if you're going to have a website, right? So even if you only pay it annually, but you want to go ahead and add that to your list, okay? Yeah, some of the things that you just forget about. I know for me, I pay for our domains every two years. I just set it up on a two-year plan. Um, and sometimes your credit card changes, like we talked about earlier, failed mm -hmm. payments. So you might even take two or three years back just to see what those bigger charges might be. Um, same thing with insurance, like you just said. I pay my insurance in February every year. Um, and so knowing that that's coming and planning ahead and doing this every single month of the year is really great so that you can prep for it instead of it just being a surprise $12,000 payment that comes yes. up once a year. So absolutely. And that's why, like I said, even though, I mean, I love what Cam said. So you would put insurance on your list. Even so in our example, we're using February, which just so happens to be when Cam's insurance is due, but let's just pretend that your insurance was due in July. I still want you to go ahead and put insurance on this list because hopefully you're going to keep using your list. So when July comes around and you're doing your projections, you already have that on your list so that you don't forget about it. So that's why we went back through a year or even two years, like what Cam said. And you're just going to add to this list as you come up with new charges, new bills that you you know, add to your business or um, things that you think of. So let me just encourage you here. Um, I say this to my clients all the time. It's garbage in, garbage out. So if you are not um, serious with this list of the money that comes in and money goes out, then we're not going to get accurate results. And you don't want to cheat yourself by not doing a good job because this little chart is going to be gold for your self-confidence and peace of mind once you get used to using it because you will know in advance what your cash situation is going to be. And that is a huge, huge deal. So now that you feel like you have listed all the categories of money that comes in and goes out of your business, let's put actual numbers in. So starting with the sales numbers up at the very top, um, let's talk about the month of February. And if I were going to be a florist, let's just give an example. I like to use round numbers just to for simplicity's sake. So let's just say that 
you project you'll take in $10,000 for the month of February in your floral business. And so you might say, okay, well, there's four weeks across the top because I want you to put in which week you're going to receive the money. So you might say, well, $10,000 divided by four is 2,500. So I'm gonna put 2,500 in each of the four weeks. Well, this is, this is, like I said, garbage in, garbage out. That's not probably accurate. I'm guessing that if you are a florist, you can count on way more money coming in for the two weeks before Valentine's Day than the two weeks after Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm betting there are not many flowers to be had after Valentine's Day because you have used them all. So, so I'm just guessing in that example, like let's just say we were gonna take $10,000. So I'm guessing that perhaps you would put in $4,000 for weeks one and two and $1,000 for weeks three and four. So it's still gonna add up to $10,000, but it's going to, be put into your um, projection where you actually think that you are going to receive the money. So does that make sense, Cam? Yes, totally makes sense. And do that for every month. So even if you have, um, let's say Christmas in December, the last two weeks or last, you know, second to last week is probably going to be slower. You might have stuff on New Year's Eve, but um this is going to be the same with all of your events. If you're heavy corporate in December because of corporate holiday parties, maybe not so much this year, but in a normal year, then you're probably going to be real busy the first two weeks, slower on the third week, and possibly busier on the fourth week, depending on if you are open for New Year's Eve or not. And so do that with every month. There's usually a holiday or some sort of um, big thing happening every month. Um, for example, in May, you've got Cinco de Mayo. And so if you're doing fiesta parties or anything like that, that could be something as well. And that's not only to say for the events industry, you could own a boutique and you know that coming up to uh, 4th of July, you're probably going to be selling more of your red, white, and blue shirts and shorts and all those things. And so you might have an increase of sales because they are looking for an outfit for a certain season or for a certain holiday. So this isn't just for the events industry. It could be for any industry. Um, a lot of industries, I know we're not talking about marketing in this episode, but a lot of industries will look at their finances when they're making their marketing strategies and know that, hey, this is coming up in this month. So how do we need to market for that coming up, if that makes sense? Absolutely. I love that you added that. And I love that you're already assuming that your listeners are going to use this month in and month out because this really is gold. And and you guys, you should. This is just like, this is really golden. So let me just um, say one more thing about the cash. So in my example, when I said, you know, we're going to have $10,000 worth of sales and we're going to put it, you know, 4411, right, for the 10000 that assumes that we actually have cash in the bank of $10,000 that we're going to get paid right away. Now, for some of you, you're selling things where you could say like, I sold, you know, a $10,000 wedding, but I'm going to get paid $5,000 in the month of February and $5,000 in the month of October when they actually have their wedding, right? So in that example, you would only put in the $5,000 in whatever week you anticipate getting that money in the door. So it's not so sales is not the same as the cash associated with those sales. And for this example, we are only talking about the actual funds that are coming into your bank account. So you will also have money coming in 
for in our example, let's just say that last October, somebody booked a wedding. So they gave you $55,000 then. And then now their wedding was the third week in February, let's say the second week in February, because they probably got married on Valentine's Day. So let's just say that they then owe you in the third week because you know, the wedding is over. So you would put that money in. So you want to in your list, not just have like wedding sales, but you also want to have collections on prior sales as a line item. Does that make sense? It does. And let me just ask you this question because somebody might be thinking about it. There is a difference and you know this between cash accounting and accrual accounting. So for those who might be on an accrual basis counting, does this still apply to them? Do they still need to be doing this spreadsheet at the same uh, rate that people who are under a cash accounting strategy are doing as well? Yes, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I love that you know about cash versus accrual. So let me just give the quick um, 411 for your listeners who may be like, I've never... And you might, even, you might even tell them what the difference between the two is. I know what the difference is. I'm sure you could probably explain it a lot better than I could. So we just tell them what the difference between the two is so that those who um, might be one way or the other, they kind of have an understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what she's talking about, cash and accrual are two different bases of accounting that you can use. If you are a small, small business owner just starting out, and even like a lot of business owners are on cash basis, and that's exactly what it sounds like. And that means that for your, um, when you're accounting for, you know, how much money you have, especially for tax purposes, you count it when the money comes in the door and when the money goes out the door, right? So that means that, you know, if I bill you today on, you know, December 14th and you don't pay me until January 14th, then I don't count it as a sale until I actually get the money in the door. But if you're on the accrual Um, basis, then you count the sale ahead of time because you count it when you actually sold that. And the same thing with expenses. So you would count an expense when you committed to the expense that went with the sale, not when you paid for it. So it's just a little bit more advanced strategy. We in the accounting world prefer accrual accounting because it actually helps you to match um, your sale money with your expense money even when the timing doesn't matter. But let me just say that's for financial statements. That's for when I get in there with you and we're looking at productivity and profitability and strategy. That is not for cash flow projection. For cash flow projection, you can throw those ideas out the door. You, But if you're using your accrual basis financials, you need to, um, to take that into account that, you know, you can't just look at your sales numbers and be like, oh, the sales numbers equals the cash. You have to be mindful of what your cash is. And that's why I said, pull out your bank and credit card statements, because that's really going to help you. And if you're unsure of like how your money really comes in the door or you're brand new and you, you know, are having trouble projecting, just, you know, look back through your bank statements through the last year and see if you can utilize the history of your business for, um, insight into how to project that out and just know you're going to get better at this. This is like anything else. Practice makes perfect. So don't stress about, you know, getting it all exactly right. Starting to think in this way is, is just huge. 
is just huge. Okay, one more question yeah, just absolutely. to clarify. And this might be an advanced question that people may not have thought about, but for tax purposes, which I know this is not a tax discussion, but when we are putting in these cash sales, so let's say you had the example of $10,000 in uh, February, 4,000 first week, 4,000 second week, 1,000, 1,000. So are we putting those numbers in pre-tax or post-tax? So if I sell a $4,000 contract, but it costs me $150 worth of tax, am I really going to put in what it is without the tax or am I going to put it in um, with the tax included in that. And again, this might be an advanced question, but I'm sure that there's someone listening who might be wondering the same thing. I love that. So are you talking about sales tax or are you talking about the tax your company is going to have to pay? Sales tax. So I know as a cash basis, we pay a sales tax when we receive the money, which is different than accrual. You pay the tax when you receive the entire funds. So when we are counting this, if I sell that much and then I'm paying the tax the next month on the previous month's tax, am I going to include that in or am I going to line that item as an expense? Okay, great question. So glad you asked that. So I would um, I would have that have the gross amount, which means the full amount. So your sale plus your sales tax up in the top number, right, in your cash receipts. Because we're just talking about the money that's actually coming into your business. But then that means that down below in those columns, you're going to have sales tax um, money going back out. Now, those are not actual expenses, right? Like for a financial statement, because you're mm -hmm. basically just collecting for the government, right? You're taking the money in right. and putting the money out. But the reason I tell you to do that is because when this cash flow projection works completely accurately, then you actually start with your bank balance. So you would start with your bank balance and add in all the money that would come in, take out all the money that goes out, and end up with your true bank balance at the end of every week. And that is the advanced strategy, girlfriend, that I use with my clients, right? So you really want to roll. So in your example, like on that $4,000, like let's just say that it's, um, let's just use 10%, right? For taxes, just obviously you don't have sales tax of 10%, but for simplicity's sake. So your $4,000 sale, you would think the Lord, I don't have 10% yeah. of taxes. No kidding. But let's just say on a $4,000 sale, you had to charge your client $4,400 because that was, you know, so you would put in in the first week that you collected the $4,400, but you've got to remit that back to the government. So then on March, on your first week, you're going to have that $400 coming back out again. So essentially, you're getting to hold that money, right? But you don't mm -hmm. want to mm -hmm. trick yourself. But the reason that you're going to put that $4,400 in there is because you're actually trying to roll your bank account. You're trying to actually have a true reflection because when this works magically mm -hmm. and accurately and completely, we get every single expense in so that we start with where you are in cash and we add every single number that comes into our business and every single number that goes out of our business and we end up with our ending bank balance for the week. And that, my friends, is gold because then you know every single number is in there. So thank you for asking that. That is awesome. So I've alluded already to um, the expense part of this. And so now that you've put in all the um, 
timing of when the money is going to come in, you've got to put the timing of when the money goes out. So you have all those bills that we just listed. And so you're looking at the month of February and you're like, well, rent is due by the first. So you can either put that that you always like to you know, pay it in the last week of the month before the first or you always pay it, you know, in the first week of the month, you know, before it's actually due on the fifth or whatever. So put in all of the bills that you're going to be paying out into the right weeks of when they are due. So not necessarily when you receive them, but when they are due. Once you finish that, and you're just going to put your estimate of the numbers, and if you're struggling with that, go back through your bank and credit card statements again, because this is gold. These information, these numbers that you've just been setting aside and being like, I don't, you know, none of that actually matters. I already did that. This actually is your gold. This is helping you put this together. So now you are going to add up all the money that came in. So cash receipts and all the money that you have going out for each week. And that is going to tell you your cash flow for the week. So receipts minus payments equals your cash flow. From that, you can see that some weeks are going to be better than others. So this is how you manage your cash flow, by making payments when it makes sense for your business. For example, payroll cannot be changed. It's a non-negotiable. You have to pay your people. It's not funny to the government when you don't pay your people, and it is not funny to your employees when you do not pay your people. So you have to pay those people. So you you can't negotiate that. But your um, internet bill, you can pay that this week or you can pay that next week. I am not advocating paying your vendors late, but I am advocating that you look at, you know, wow, if I have a ton of bills coming in that, you know, I have due on the third week of the month. And in our February example, the third week is that $1,000 week for money coming in. I am going to need to set aside money from the first and second week to pay out on that third week. Or if you like to have a certain amount in your account, you could pay the bill early. Or sometimes you just have to pay a few days later because that's how you manage your cash flow. But um, this is a practice that I believe will really be an aha of insight for you into your business. And I truly wish that I were sitting across from you, Cam, and across from your listeners and guiding you through this, because it's one of the things that I love most about my business is seeing a business owner's eyes light up realizing that all the little statements that you receive actually have a ton of information within them to help you run your business better. And if you can just shift when you receive money or when you pay your bills, you won't have that same dread of waking up and checking your bank balance and just hoping that you can pay your bills. Being proactive with cash makes a huge difference. Now, I just love, love, love this strategy, Can, and I think it's crucial for successful businesses. Hard work alone is not enough. I know you small business owners, I'm cheering you on. I know you're working hard, but a cash management strategy is critical. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Cam. Well, I love that you are really teaching our students and our listeners to project what's coming and not just rely on what's coming in and what's going out that I know so many business owners are doing. Um, myself included, I was right there at one point. I was just waiting for the bill to come in, paying that bill when it came in, and waiting for payroll, waiting for you know expenses to pop up and cash coming in to come in. 
that what you're really teaching them to do is project what is happening and really get a hold on the future and what it looks like instead of having an unknown of what your accounts receivable looks like. You're really teaching them, hey, let's figure out when those 50, if you're doing 50% um, balances due, then you can really project that, hey, I know that on you know, March 5th, I'm going to get this much coming in my bank account. But I also know that I'm going to have payroll that's due. I'm going to have rent that's due or whatever it looks like. And you can do this for your personal life as well. It doesn't have to just be for business, but understanding what is coming and what is going out ahead of time versus it just being a surprise in the mail is a really great thing to do. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Cam. Now, I just want to talk to you guys realistically, even with great plans and strategy, sometimes things don't go as planned and your business runs low on cash. And this is common, so don't feel terrible about it. Um, But it's good to acknowledge that that does happen and make a plan. You never want it to happen, but knowing what you can do if it does will help you sleep better at night. So this tip number four is for the time that it does happen and you need to inject cash now. So if you are low on cash and you need that quick infusion to make payroll, for instance, there are several different things that you can do. One is if you have a line of credit with your bank, then draw on it. I know you may think like, I don't want to have debt, but sometimes you need to draw on that line of credit. That's why you set that up. And then, of course, you're going to take the payments to repay that and put that into your cash flow projection as an outflow, right? But you that's why you have that is so that you can do that. Another thing you can do is you could just go ahead and do a quick sale for immediate cash or you can sell off some inventory. There are so many different ways. So I want you to brainstorm on ways that you could get quick cash into your business. Kim, I know you've been in business for over 10 years. And so I am sure you have faced um, this kind of dilemma yourself over that time. Yes. I think every small business owner at one point, they are going to come to a place where they can't afford payroll. They can't afford their rent, whatever that looks like. And one projecting Mm -hmm. what you just taught them to do is going to be really key in understanding what is going on in their business. But when you get to a point, because if it hasn't happened already, it likely will at some point soon, when you get to that point that you've got um, $2,000 of payroll due on Friday this week, and you know that you don't have enough money to pay that and pay your rent and pay your utilities and all that, there's some things that you can do to inject some quick cash. Drawing on that credit line is a great option, but if you don't have a credit line, and you truly are in a uh, little bind, I know that in the past, especially when the pandemic hit, we got $0 in in March, April, and May, like literally zero. And I had payroll. And unfortunately, I had to furlough some people so that I could afford the payroll that I was continuing to pay. But one thing that we did that we've done in the past is we went through all of our inventory, all of the things that we have that we actually rent out to people. You could do this with your vases as a florist. You could do this with your sale um, rack in your boutique. You can do this with whatever you've got, but you likely have some sort of a goods or service. And what we did is we sold off anything and everything that wasn't renting or wasn't on future contracts. That gave us about $5,000 within five days into the business, which was awesome. It was great. It was exactly what we needed. But 
um, having some sort of a plan to anticipate that. We anticipate every single year in our um, yearly meetings, we will go through an exercise where we anticipate what might throw us off, what might get in our way of doing what we need to do as a business. And unfortunately, (laughs) I don't think anyone predicted a pandemic hitting, but we did have other things hitting such as um, an election happening this year. That could be something that throws off a business. Or another thing we talked about last year was, you know, the economy and the um, just the way that our, our country is set up was doing so good for so long. At some point, a recession is going to hit. It's just history um, and it's going to happen. And so that could be something that threw us off. Unfortunately, we did not predict a pandemic. However, that is going to be in our <laughs> anticipation discussion next week. But um, anticipating these things, projecting like you taught them already, and understanding that, hey, if we get to a place where we can't afford payroll or we cannot afford our rent or whatever it might be, one, you could sell off some inventory to get some quick cash or have conversations with the people. Um, I had rent. My rent is pretty expensive here in downtown Dallas. And I had a, a conversation with my landlord and said, hey, I don't have any cash coming in right now. Events are at a complete complete and 100% halt. I've got payroll that I am not going to skimp on. And I also have this large payment to you, um, plus my utilities just to keep my lights on. Is there any way that I can delay my payment to you as my landlord? I hate to ask this, but is that a possibility? And he was so gracious in order to do that. He let us um, have actually six months of a delayed payment that we are Um, it's delayed. We still have to owe it. It's not like I'm getting off the hook for that, but it did provide a way that I didn't have to stress about my large rent payment and my payroll at the same time. And so conversations and anticipating what might happen and how to get out of that, um, little bind that you might be in. those are really key things to do. So I'm glad you're listening to this podcast But think of your own business. What are some things that you can do in your business to get quick cash? If you needed $1,000 tomorrow, what could you do in your business? A sale is a great option. I love that you added that stuff, Cam. That's awesome. Honestly, no one likes thinking of running out of cash, but failing to plan is planning to fail. So let's, let's have a backup plan in place, friends. Start thinking of that now. It's going to give you peace of mind so that if if it happens, when it happens, you'll be like, okay, let me pull out my list of ideas that I had mm-hmm. to deal with this. So, Yeah. I mean, when we do the anticipation, there's no way that I want to say, oh, we're planning to have the best year yet in 2020, which was everybody's plan. But when we have those, it's it would be foolish of us to say we're going to have the best year yet and nothing's going to get in our way. Because it's reality, it's life, things are going to get in your way, and things that we don't want to get in our way, but failing to plan for that is honestly foolish, and I know that I did not plan for many, many years of my business. So I just want to give that warning, don't be like me in my early years and not plan for your business, and um, just have a plan, just have a plan. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's good to shortcut people into this. So um, my last tip for the day is mindset and mindset matters. I actually never skip this step when I'm talking with my clients. Nothing I have said today is that hard. 
that some of you are still probably hearing these words run through your brain. I'm terrible at math. I've managed my business this long without understanding this, so I think I'm just going to keep winging it. I don't have time for this. I'm just trying to run my business. So, friends, let me just tell you, I am known for straight talk mixed with positivity with my clients. And I am your business cheerleader. And I want the very best for you. But let me just say straight out, all of those things that I just said are excuses. It's just a narrative that's running through our brain, but it does not make it true. This is not hard math, and you have a calculator. If you have a phone, you have a calculator. And if you're using a spreadsheet, then it will calculate it for you. But you have managed your business. You are the go-getters. You are not the one who just thought about starting a business. You already have proven yourself to be a go-getter. You started a business. You figured out that part of it. So I understand if you feel overwhelmed and you're like, I am not great at this. Well, I'm not great at SEO and I'm not great at, you know, all these other things. But you know what? I can figure things out and so can you. And I promise if you will just take the time. Yes, this is a little bit of an investment of time. I'm not going to fool you into saying that it's no time. But you saw it is simple to do. It is easy to do. And yes, it's a little bit of an investment. But what you will get back from that investment of your time is huge. It will give you peace of mind. And it's a planning tool that you can use for the rest of your time in business. It's something I use with all of my clients, large and small, that I consult with on an ongoing basis. There is gold in understanding your numbers. Um, some of you may still be like, I just can't do this, Christy. And I get that. I am a CPA and I help business owners who want to understand their um, finances and I help them with strategy. So I understand that. And I don't understand other things. So I hire out certain things that I don't understand. So I understand if you need to find an accountant to help you, just tell them what you're trying to do and they will be able to help you get this put in place so that then you can DIY it going forward or they can work with you on an ongoing basis. There is no shame in getting that help. But also, if you're in a place where you don't want to spend um, the money or you have the time or the inclination to do this yourself, you saw you can absolutely do this. These steps are not hard and you need to own that I am the CEO of my business mindset and you can figure this out. I promise you. So Cam, I know I just dropped a ton of information here. And let me just say, this may be a podcast where your listeners, you know, want to go back and listen to it again and pause and take the different action steps. And that is okay, because I truly think that this can be done in just a few hours. And the peace of mind that they will walk away with is so worth it. I am so thankful that you are here to talk about all of this. And I know it's going to be so helpful to so many business owners Thank you so much for being here today. I know that at the beginning of this episode, we talked about a freebie that you have for our listeners. So will you share any final thoughts and that freebie with everyone so that they can go find that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you, Cam, for having me here today. I have loved it. I always love talking business and strategy with you because you 
are a rock star business owner and I love working with small business owners. And thank you to your listeners for listening in. I would love to um, meet you and get to know you. So um, you can um, grab this freebie that I made. I made a cash flow projection plug and play spreadsheet for you. So that is from tip number three. I thought about you and I thought some of you are still overwhelmed at trying to get this done and you took it all in and you were like, oh, that's a great idea, but I know I'm not going to do it. So this is just for you to simplify your life there. Um, if you go to victoryadvisory.com forward slash cash flow, you can get a free downloaded spreadsheet where I made I made the columns for you and I made the um, sales and the cash receipts and the cash payments. And I put in a ton of different categories that I can think of that you may have in your business, but it's completely customizable for you. So you can go and change the names of those. You can add in the different things and it lists it out. I did it not just for a week, but I did you what I do for my clients. I did 13 weeks, which is a quarter. And it starts um, beginning of January 2021, but you can change the dates to however you want to do that, whatever works best for you. But what I did is I hard cut it in all the formulas for you. So it's going to calculate it right there in the spreadsheet for you because I wanted to give you the easy button to implement these strategies. Awesome. I know that's going to be so helpful for so many. Christy, will you tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that you want them to go and see more about you? Yes, I would love to connect with you. I am on Instagram under Victory Advisory Services. Same on Facebook. I also have a um, free Facebook community called Small Business Finance Simplified. I drop accounting tips and trainings in there. Would love for you to join. And also, Cam and I are both uh, new on Clubhouse. So I'm under there as Christy Varner, and I am loving that new app for um uh, you know, just connecting with other people and learning. So would love to meet you there too. Oh, and my website, victoryadvisory.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Christy, for being here on the podcast today. I'm excited for our listeners to hear more about it and connect with you outside of this podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Cam. This was great. 